In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers beat reporter, and today I'm not joined by anybody. I'll be doing a solo podcast um, where I fielded fan questions regarding Memphis Tigers football, basketball. I may even have an AAF question lingering somewhere in there if we have time. Um, So you can follow me at underscore Jonah Jordan. I'm not plugging a guest today (laughs) because it's just me. Um, But first, we'll start off with some Tiger basketball. Um... Turner Watford, Precious Achua, Lester Canones, all these guys have been on the forefront of Tiger basketball fans' minds the last few weeks, and I got a bunch of questions about them. But the first one comes up from a Twitter user, um, somebody who follows me. Um, What is the plan if Penny misses out on all three big recruits, Watford, Precious, and Lester Lester Canones? And it's an interesting question. It's something I talked about yesterday on the Jeff Calkins show, because there is a chance they miss out on those guys. Um, there's a chance they miss out on the fourth big target they have in Matthew Hurt. Uh, Hurt will be deciding April 19th, and Trenton Wofford will be April 20th. Uh, Trenton's been doing a countdown on his Twitter page to that date. Um, there is a chance they miss out on all four of those guys. But as of right now, it seems like they're definitely in the lead for Lester Canones, so it came out he'll be taking official visits to Indiana and Michigan here in the coming weeks. Trenton Watford, obviously a lot of speculation going on around his recruitment, and it's kind of a a murky situation right now with Alabama coming back in after Avery Johnson was fired. Yeah, Trenton Watford with Nate Oates being hired and Avery Johnson being fired. Uh, There's a lot of murkiness there. Duke is involved. Memphis obviously has made their um, interests clear. They know or Trenton knows what they want or knows what they have and they know what he wants. They know what he's looking for in in a school he wants to play basketball at. So they're very familiar. There's a lot that could happen there over the next month. Um, Obviously, there's rumors about his high school coach being hired elsewhere, and I think that's something to to monitor, obviously, because that's important. I mean, if, if his high school coach, Bucky McMillan, is hired by Alabama or Auburn or somebody like that, instantly puts them in that upper echelon of his interests. Um, I don't think Auburn – Auburn didn't make his final list. That was thrown out there um, as a possibility, but they ended up not. So, But those four guys, I mean, if they miss on those, I think it's pretty clear where they'll, where they'll go. It'll be the grad transfer market. I mean, they've been interested in the guy from South Dakota State. They've been interested in Rajon Tucker. Um, Kira Lewis, who I don't know if would be a grad, but could have a chance to be eligible immediately. Um there have been rumors that he may stay at Alabama after entering his name in the transfer portal after Avery Johnson was fired. Um, but I think if they do miss on those four guys, it'll be it'll be interesting because then they'll hit the grad transfer market. There may obviously be some guys. There always are guys that pop up at the end. They get out of their letters of intent because of coaching situations, and we'll, we'll have more of that because you don't know what's going on with the FBI. You don't know what's going on with this or that. So – but right now, I'd say they're they're leading on Quinones, but there's a lot that can happen. Uh, with Trenton, it's a lot can happen in that month. Um, I think those two would like to play together. Um, but the, the other one that Quinones has been linked to is Precious Achua, who's obviously a five-star out of 
Florida, who is being heavily recruited by UConn, Kansas, and North Carolina. Usually it's North North Carolina and Kansas that get a lot of the, the hype with him. The It's those two teams. But when he went down to the McDonald's All-American game, rivals wrote a piece of going around and asking, hey, asking other players, hey, where do you think these guys are going? And it was really interesting. Memphis was really the only uh, – Trenton Watford was the only one that really got any votes for Memphis, but a lot of players – voted for Precious Chew to go to UConn, and I think that was telling because that, that means they may still be there when other people may not think they are. So they're they're still heavily involved. Um, next question came from another Twitter user, at Tiger, since 1912. Um, is Mike Miller going to land a guy? I feel like it would be a disappointment if we miss on Lester, Watford, and Precious. Those are all his guys we've been working on forever. He's hired for his connections and doesn't look like they will play out at this point. I disagree with that, with that a lot because without Mike, you wouldn't even be involved with these guys. You wouldn't be deep in there. And Mike was heavily involved with Isaiah Maurice and David Winget, who they were able to bring in last year. He was heavily, heavily involved with Antoine Jones. Mike has gone out and done a lot of good. He's gotten them involved with these guys. It's also, people have to realize, this isn't just on the assistants. That the assistants, they do the day-to-day recruiting. They do a lot. But it's also on Penny to close the deal. I mean, he has to go out here. He has to he has to aid in, in locking these guys down. It's not just on Mike Miller. He's gotten them involved with Boogie Ellis, uh, Watford, Achua, Quinones. And those are all very talented guys. His, his connections have come in handy, obviously. I mean, he got them in with Jalen Green, with RJ Hampton. Those are two 2020 guys who are very, very talented. They're five stars. West Coast is very difficult to get out there and do, and that's something that Miller has prioritized pretty early. Those are his guys. Those are guys that love him, and it's not just on him. It's also on Penny, and I hate that people put the the onus on him, the responsibility on him, because he's done a fantastic job with what he's been given. I mean, I think that, that people need to realize that, hey, he's gone out and done great already, and getting the connections. I, I know, I'm sure that they're going to land one of that group, but I thought, always thought Matthew Hurt was a little bit of a long shot. I always thought Precious Achua was a little bit of a long shot. I think Precious could. Evan Daniel said he probably will end up taking a visit to Memphis, and I think that's definitely a possibility. So there, there is a chance they get him. There's always a chance when you get a guy in for a visit, but I always thought it was going to be difficult. So I don't think it's necessarily a failure at all. I, I think it's just that, hey, maybe maybe you didn't get these guys, but you got in there. You got you've increased Penny's connection. You've increased Penny's network. But also, if you're going to blame them, you you have to spread that around. It's not just on Mike that they didn't get them. So my next question comes from at Faulkner Memphis Chris Faulkner, who's longtime friend of mine, former uh, co-worker over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Um, he said, is there a resource for laying out who is going to be on the basketball roster next season and what positions lineup starters we already know and also might expect? If not, can you spell it on the podcast? No, I don't, I don't think there is a resource for that, but I think you brought up an interesting point. Lineups will be very interesting next year. Um, obviously position wise of the guys that you already have, DJ Jeffries can play uh, he can play on the wing and he can play the four spot. He could be a very good stretch for. Uh, I think that you'll probably see him playing more of the two or the three next year. Lineup wise, um, or of the other guys you got, you got Malcolm Dandridge, who's a power forward, probably can play the four and the five. Um, he's six eight, can block shots, rebound. Um, James Wiseman, obviously, 
He's a five. He's a seven foot one center. Um, Damian Ball. He'll probably more. They told me he. Uh, he told me the night he committed that Penny recruited him to play point guard. He's a point guard. He's coming to play point guard at Memphis, and I thought that was interesting because he's a guy that other people were playing, committing or recruiting to play shooting guard. He can play both guard spots, and it's interesting that he with other point guards like Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris on the roster, went out of his way to say, I want you to come play point guard because maybe they, it is the best position for him. And I think that if he does end up playing next year, you'll see him running the show. He'll play point guard. Um, but lineups, they're going to have an interesting interesting thing next year depending on who else they bring in. Um, it'll, it'll be a lot to deal with right off the bat. Say if you do land a Quinones and a Watford and you close out your recruiting class, then it's done. You're going to be dealing with a lot. You'll have a lot of lineup flexibility with you got Harris, Lomax, you got Ball, you got great guards, you got Antoine Jones coming back, you got David Winter, you got Ryan Boyce and Jaden Hardaway on the wing, DJ Jeffries. But it's going to be a lot to juggle because you're going to, there are obviously personalities that you have to manage, but there's also going to be so much talent. And it's interesting to me how that talent fits together. So if you do bring in Watford, can he play at the same time as DJ Jeffries? How much shooting can you have on the floor at the same time? Can Lomax, Watford, and Wiseman all play at once with if you don't surround them with more shooting? So they'll have a lot of guys like Hardaway, Boyce, um, Jeffries, who can who have been able to shoot in the past. They've they've shown the ability to be able to do it, but how how much can they do it on the college level? I think there's a lot of unknowns, so it makes lineups hard to talk about, but you should, in theory, have a lot of flexibility on the wing. Um, your guards are going to be pretty obvious unless they bring in a Kira Lewis or somebody else of the like. Point guard will be be an interesting spot to watch because Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris, they're, they're going to get better. They're only going to get better. They're going to be... Alex Lomax will be a guy who comes in and could could potentially be that guy who runs the show. Tyler Harris could be that guy who comes in and is, he's a little bit more... Physically mature, he's um, could come in and hey, I'm used to playing against guys who are going to body me up and push me around, and he could be used to that at that point. Um, or you could defer to Ball, who's a longer guard who can who can shoot a little bit, who can get to the basket, but he's a really good passer. He's a smart basketball player, and so you're just you're going to have a lot that you can do, and it could get even better as they keep adding people to the mix. Um, and somebody asked me about transfers. I think that's obviously something that's on people's minds because with as you see people leave, more talent would theoretically come in to the mix here in Memphis. And I think that right now, I think Victor Eno is the obvious choice to, to leave. I think he is um, going to end up transferring. But behind, behind him, I think there's some question marks. Antoine Jones has started working out here in Memphis. He's talked a lot about, hey, I want to stay in Memphis. I want to stay here. I want to play. I want to play here in Memphis. I want to play for Penny. He's he's talked a lot about it, and I think that's endearing a little bit in one respect. And then also I think it's it means he's staying. I mean, he's talked a lot about it. He started working out locally with Shabazz, a great basketball trainer, and I think that he'll he'll be somebody that, could help take that team to the next level next year. He's always a guy who they said if he could put it together, he can be an NBA talent. At one point, he was one of the highest-rated guys in his class, and then it wasn't ever the stuff on the basketball floor you had to worry about Antoine Jones. It was everything else. So if they can get his mind right, get him get him stronger, get him a little bit faster, 
and get that jump shot in order, I think he could potentially make a huge impact next year. Um, but behind those two guys, you got Isaiah Maurice and David Winget, who both I've heard up until today even that they both want to stay in Memphis. Um, and I think that could develop more over the next week or two. If you lose one, I don't necessarily think you lose the other one. Um, I think David Winget really wants to play for Mike Miller, and he wants to play for Penny. He wants to keep developing as a wing. Um, and from everything I've heard, he's killed it in practice. He's killed it, killed it. It was He suffered a leg injury, and they weren't ever really comfortable playing him. So I think they're going to keep sorting out what position he is on, at the next level. I think he could be a... He could be a great guy to, to pair next to some of these other guys like James Wiseman or a, an Alex Lomax because of his ability to shoot the basketball. Isaiah Maurice, who could get caught up in a little bit of the shuffle, the position shuffle here because he, you're bringing in you're bringing in Dandridge, you're bringing in Jeffries, you're bringing in Wiseman, and those guys can all play in the front court. And that front court's already going to be crowded with Lance Thomas coming in. People don't people don't remember that or realize that Lance Thomas is basically going to be part of this recruiting class because he didn't get to play. So it could it could change minutes a little bit going forward, and it could it's crowded now, um, and it'll get even more crowded if you add a Trendon Watford to the mix. And that'll be tough for a guy like Isaiah Maurice, who was on and off the floor all season. Um, I know he's confident that he can compete, he can get better. Um, they want him to be that stretch four. Uh, he just has to be a more consistent shooter. And outside of that, I don't expect any transfers. Um, you could have one to three. And if you have that, they have one open scholarship right now. Do you have? So if you do that, if you have three transfers, you're going to have four scholarships, which will be really, really tough to fill um, unless you start going in the grad transfer region. So we'll switch over to football now. And – my first football question, or my favorite football question, is from Nate Babcock, at Nate Babcock on Twitter. What do you anticipate being the biggest strengths and weaknesses of the football team this year? And I think that's really a, a hard thing to, to tell. I can tell you what the strengths and weaknesses for Meister's team were, but I think everybody knows that. Um, they, <laughs> they really struggle to make plays in the passing game sometimes, and I think that could be something going forward. I, I know they wanted to address it with the wide receivers, and I think DeMonte Coxie's looked fantastic this spring. Really, really fantastic. I wrote that the other day over at the Daily Memphian that he's probably been, I mean, he's obviously been their best receiver. I think they're expecting him to take um, a big jump in that respect and keep gain, or keep being that big play guy. But when he's double teamed, they need somebody else to emerge, and nobody's really done that. Calvin Austin the third tried. Coy Freeman's come on recently. Kadarian Jones has been in and out with an injury. Same with Antonio Gibson. So Pop Williams has struggled with inconsistencies in his career. So that's just something that they're going to have to deal with. They're going to have to go in and say, okay, who's going to be our number two receiver? And I think that guy could really be Joey Magnifico. I think that he could develop into that that number two guy, that guy who is a force in the passing game. He has never been that here because he's been mostly has to be a blocker. But I think he's so good. I think he's got the highest ceiling. I think he's been killing it this spring. And he could really come on. Uh, another weakness that they've had in the past that they've addressed a little bit is the defensive line. Coyote Olatale and Everett Cunningham have really come in and impressed. Wardalis Duckworth, Ducksworth has done the same. Um, John Tate looks better. O'Brien Goodson's also been out with an unspecified injury, but they have so much depth there now. They're guys that can play that in new defensive coordinator Adam Fuller's scheme. 
that they didn't have before whenever they um, they struggled with depth at the defensive line because guys like O'Brien Goods and Joseph Dorsey would have to play so many snaps. John Tate, Jonathan Wilson, those were their four guys. Emmanuel Cooper was has been in and out with injury the last two years. So when they had those four, those guys would go hard, go hard, go hard, and then they'd be down with an injury, and it made things so much more difficult on everybody else. Everybody was having to play so many snaps. They were moving guys around. They were trying to fill in. And then everybody, then somebody would get hurt. It happened in the bowl game against Wake Forest where they lost most of their defensive line and then people who had never played before or hadn't played enough or hadn't played it at all were having to come in and produce and being asked to, like, hey, go up against this Power 5 offensive line. So that's something they want to avoid in the future, and I think that's something they've addressed. And they think addressing that will help the secondary, which I think could be a good strength this year. They've got TJ Carter and Chris Claybrooks has looked fantastic in spring practice. He's flying all over the field, making interceptions. John Broussard and Auburn transfers looked impressive. Uh, that, that could be a strength if they really keep managing correctly. Um, I've gotten several questions actually about the linebacker situation. And I, I think it's an interesting uh, question because you're losing Curtis Aikens uh, Josh Perry's moving down the linebacker from safety. Their safeties are pretty much set. You've got Carlito Gonzalez, Andre Thomas, Tyrez Lindsey, and Sanchez Blake. It's going to be a combination of those four guys at that position unless a newcomer is able to come in and really take everybody by storm. So I think those four guys are great. But at linebacker, you're going to have J.J. Russell, Jalen Allen, Jalen Allen, Zay Collins, Austin Hall, and Josh Perry. And those those guys are great. I think they're, and Tim Hart, obviously. Um, those guys are really, really good. And I think they're going to continue to progress. They have a new stud linebacker role, which I think is where Austin Hall and Josh Perry will be slotted. I don't think you'll see Austin Hall go back to safety. I've asked him several times, and he said he's planning on playing at that stud position going forward. And that's kind of like a safety linebacker hybrid kind of situation. So it's going to be very similar to what he's played in the past. It, it won't be anything new or anything different. Um, and the Tigers have had two transfers over in the last in the last week. Um, well, really, it was reported yesterday that T. Marie Smith and Khalil Johnson won't be returning and will be an intended transfer. Machine Slade transferred after the season, and I just think all three of those guys needed new starts. They weren't really finding what they needed here in Memphis. They weren't going to really play. I don't think Machine Slate was going to play. I think he's going to go find a, a nice place where he can make an impact right away. Is somewhere where he feels like he can play and he'll be, he'll have a chance. And you know, I, I think good for him. Good for him. And uh, but Memphis has got depth at those positions now at wide receiver, at center or not center at defensive line and at cornerback. Um, but one of the biggest questions, speaking of center, that I've gotten is how is the offensive line coming along? Mark Moser at Mark Moser tweeted at me today asking about that, and especially Woodard at center, and I think that's a that's an interesting question. Ryan Silverfield is having to go in. He's going to have to do something that he hasn't really had to do yet, and he's had to replace three offensive linemen. Um, he's had depth at center because of Drew Kaiser. Drew Kaiser didn't miss a game. He started all 54 56 games or whatever it was that he was asked to start. And so now Dustin Woodard's going to slide in for him. He's played all over the offensive line and it's going to be a new thing. It's something he's working through, but he's so talented. They've been preparing for, for this situation a lot. Um, but 
from left to right, it'll go probably Obina Eze at left tackle. He's finally going to get hit that that chance that he's always been looking for. They feel like he's ready. Then next to him will be Dylan Parham, who really came on at left guard last year. He looked fantastic. At center will be Woodard. Right guard will probably be Manuel Ronald Lopez, unless something changes there. And then right tackle, Scotty Dill. Scotty Dill is my favorite because he's huge, he's fast, and they love him. They love him over there. He can play right tackle, but he's always slid over to tight end in their heavy packages. And he brings a lot of uh, physicality. He's huge, he's tough, and I really think people are going to love him. He's a very consistent guy. And that offensive line, it won't be as good as last year, in all honesty, I don't think right away. I think that could develop over the season into something that is really, really special. Somebody asked, how's Sam Craft looking this spring? And, well, Sam Craft is no longer on the team. <laughs> so he uh, he exhausted his eligibility. So how is and then uh, how is Bryce Huff doing? Um, is he going to be a defensive end or outside linebacker? I think he'll play a little bit of both. Uh, all honesty, I think right now he's been playing a little bit of defensive end and – you know, he's he's good. He's a good pass rusher. He was really impressive last year. And I think, I mean, he turned into a fan favorite because he's relentless. He always, always, always goes after the football. And he was getting back there finally. And I think he was, I mean, he was their best pass rusher last year. He was one of the best pass rushers in the AAC. So I think he'll continue to develop. And I think the the transition to defensive line will be interesting to see how far how much he grasps it but he will continue to get better will the change to a 4-3 defense combined with this year's players provide a significantly improved defensive game from John Llewellyn at Mim Tiger it's an interesting question I don't think the scheme change itself is going to lend to immediate improvement Um, I think it's more of that they just have better players they have more depth they have better players they're less hurt, or there will be less hurt than they have been in the past. Um, I think the scheme change will help in the secondary a little bit. But other than that, I don't think it's like, oh, we're, we're changing the scheme and it's going to be all better, or they would have done that before. It's not really how it works. They're being coached differently. A new defensive coordinator with new philosophies and new ideas is going to breathe, a, I think it has breathed, a, a breath of fresh air into that group. Um, and that will help going forward. I mean, somebody asked how different he was than Chris Ball. I think he has an interesting coaching style that is similar to Coach Ball's. He's very player-friendly. Coach, Nor- Coach Mike Norvell was never going to go out and hire somebody he didn't think was going to mesh. And to mesh, he has to be a lot like Chris Ball. But he's different in a lot of ways. He's different scheme-wise. He's different in how he interacts in some situations. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, we'll continue to cover Memphis football as the spring goes on. The spring uh, game is next Friday and Jeff Calkins will be coaching in that game and somebody asked me to see predict how he's going to do I think he's going to kill it I think he's going to win because Jeff's my guy and that'll be it for today hopefully we can do another one of these again soon you can go subscribe to the Daily Memphian and you can you can find the Daily Memphian podcast which are powered by the OAM network anywhere you find your podcast whether that be iTunes Stitcher or Spotify In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.